I remember listening to you on the treadmill going, this makes so much more sense. Welcome to the Creating Wealth Show with Jason Hartman. You're about to learn a new slant on investing, some exciting techniques, and fresh new approaches to the world's most historically proven asset class that will enable you to create more wealth and freedom than you ever thought possible. Jason is a genuine, self-made multimillionaire who's actually been there and done it. He's a successful investor, lender, developer, and entrepreneur who's owned properties in 11 states, had hundreds of tenants and been involved in thousands of real estate transactions. This program will help you follow in Jason's footsteps on the road to your financial independence day. You really can do it. And now, here's your host, Jason Hartman, with the complete solution for real estate investors. Welcome to episode 1368-1368. Thanks for joining us today. I am doing today's show with our client and uh, guest host, Rabbi Evan Moffick. Welcome, Evan. How are you? I'm great, Jason. Just Good. still excited about the new year and all the opportunities we have. Yeah, and the new decade, too. You know, it's the time to have 2020 vision. And a lot of that yes. really involves, I think, looking back on the last year and the last decade, because what an amazing time it was. It really was an amazing decade in so, so many ways. Now, I am known for my famous saying, it's an amazing time to be alive. I think it really is. And when I say that, I refer to mostly the economy, the kind of opportunities we have. Certainly technology is a big part of that. It really is amazing. Although I must say, I am bearish on culture. I think <laughs> I think culturally, uh, America and, uh, you know, maybe other Western countries, I can't speak to that too specifically, but has become a bit of a Kardashian disaster, honestly. Um, but hey, I'll be optimistic, okay? So, you know, the thing you have to know about the economy, the culture, all of this stuff, it's a pendulum. And a pendulum right. always swings back and forth. It goes through the middle. Just envision a pendulum in your mind, listeners. Where does the pendulum stay the longest? Mm. In what segment of that trajectory does it move through fastest? Now, I don't know if this is actually true in physics. This is just my impression that it moves through the middle faster. Is that true? And it stays up Seem at the end. Seem that gravity would, it, would be pushing it right yeah, through the middle. It, it kind of hangs at the ends for a moment, you know, just like if you're swinging on a swing set. You go through the middle fast, but at the ends, you kind of hang because you're reversing directions. So right. you, you stay there longer. I don't know what relevance that really has. but <laughs> Well, I but, think it also, you're talking about the culture. And I remember, I don't know who said this, but someone said that politics is downstream from culture. And that some of what we're seeing, this divisiveness in our politics, reflects the decline in our culture. And I think we're, we're living through that right now. You know, one of the things I, I have said many times is that listeners, and we're going to talk about two markets today. We're going to talk about Chicagoland. We're going to talk about Memphis. So we're going to get to some real meaty real estate stuff here in a moment. But one of the things I'm always saying to our listeners is that you must watch old movies <laughs> and old TV shows because you've got to have the perspective on just how much things have changed. Over the last couple nights, I watched a 
kind of a, a sick, funny movie I saw as a kid called, and maybe some remember it, High Anxiety. It's a Mel Brooks spoof. Mm. You know, it has some Alfred Hitchcocky stuff in, and and now I started after finishing that one uh, last night. I started watching an Alfred Hitchcock movie called Marnie, which is interesting. It's just so interesting to see, and I get it. You know, it's a movie, it's a show, it's not perfectly realistic, but it's certainly more telling than your memory or what you envision a decade to be like. And so I like to watch these things, you know, that happened before I was alive or, you know, when I was very young, because they really remind me of how, you know, people used to think and kind of how thoughtful life used to be. One of the completely unrealistic things about movies and TV shows today is that they portray people, get this, as actually having dialogue and meaningful conversations. Now, the reality of it is most people just are looking at their phones all the time. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know? That's true. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, it's a strange time we're in. It really is. I, I also saw, and I'll probably post this on my Facebook, someone posted a meme. A meme is basically one of those sort of funny pictures with a little tagline to it, right? And it was a meme of a, a skeleton with its arm stretched out holding a phone. Okay, <laughs> looking at the screen. And it says, this is what they will discover 5,000 years from now about us, <laughs> right? Yeah, so. but we have to stay optimistic. That is our, as investors, you know, speaking as a rabbi and a client, we have to stay optimistic because yes, all this is true, but there is something within America, within our system that does hold up. Oh, you know? no, no question. And, you know, in many other countries around the world, this, the same is true. Yeah. And with yeah. humanity in general, of yes. course, right? And what other option is there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, I, I listen, I'm very optimistic about a lot of things. It's an amazing time to be alive. Yes. I just think that we've got this culture of like over entitled mm -hmm. people. I find it particularly different nowadays in hiring people you know, uh, hiring contractors to do various jobs that the company needs done. I mean, they're flaky, over-entitled, honestly, kind of babyish, uh, for mm. lack of a better word, a lot of times. Like, you know, oh, I need my safe space, you know, can't do anything hard or can't feel too imposed upon, God forbid, you know, yeah, and I'm sure right. everybody right. listening has the same experience with their property managers, their repair people that they hire to do jobs. And it is such a blessing to really have that experience where you deal with one of these wonderful, but ever rarer salt of the earth people that do a great day's work for a day's pay, so to speak. And it's just, it's really amazing. I got to tell you something. I am more impressed many times by that person who may well be a blue collar person or, you know, someone in a mid or low level white collar job. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is that person that like autographs their work with excellence, mm -hmm. keeps their word, does an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Then I am about some disgusting criminal high-flying CEO making millions of dollars a year, or in Jamie yeah. Dimon's case, hundreds of millions of dollars a year. You know, these people are not better people. Many times no. they're worse people. Subtract the success and the money because 
what we think of as success is only one narrow kind of commercialized Madison Avenue definition. Yep. Yeah. 100% agree. Okay. One of the things I wanted to talk about with you today is, look, you're a client of ours. Yep. You've been buying properties in, in these other markets uh, that we yep. recommend. And you live in Chicago. Okay. Yep. And I recently watched uh, one of these many videos that I, I watch. <laughs> I, I watch. You love of, YouTube. You know, only recently <laughs> I've become yeah. a bit of a YouTube addict, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, what I love, and it's such an amazing time to be alive, you can find out about anything. Anything. Someone of your wonderful fellow human beings made a video about it. Yeah, or a podcast about it, and you can find out just absolutely anything. You know, for one of my companies, I uh, have to get a Dunn's number, a Dunn and Bradstreet Mm -hmm. number, and I'm like, well, that's a foreign world to me. I don't deal with Dunn and Bradstreet too much, you know, D and B. And so I just went to their channel on YouTube and learned all about it. Fantastic. Yeah, a tech question, cooking, home improvement, anything you want to know. You know, what kind of shampoo to buy, whatever. Well, I still need shampoo. Won't be long till I don't need it. Sadly. (laughs) But anyway, I watched one of these videos about the 10 best cities in America or the 10 best Mm -hmm. to visit. I can't remember the title of it. And it confirmed what I have been saying for years, that you look around the country, you ask someone from outside of the country or even inside of the country who hasn't traveled much, where do you want to go? What do you want to visit? Well, the first thing they're going to say is New York. L.A., San Francisco. Those are going to be the top three. Still right? San Francisco? Yeah. Even though think, what's uh, happening there? Yeah, they don't know that. Yeah. You know, about yeah. the people that haven't been there don't know what a disaster. Yeah. Well, listen, L.A. is a disaster. New yeah. York's a disaster. They're all disasters, yeah. okay? Lefty politics catches up with you eventually, right? Yeah. And then, after those sort of top three iconic cities, they're going to say things like Miami, Honolulu, Boston. Now, mm-hmm. notice the common thing about all six of those cities I just mentioned. They all have very expensive real estate. Yep. They're all cyclical markets. They all have bad, what I call, remember my ratio that I invented, the LTI ratio, land to improvement value. Right. Not to be confused with the good old LTV or loan to value ratio. You want low land costs and high construction costs, right? Right. High improvement costs. Improvement costs. And, and yeah. this is harkens back to the Hartman risk evaluator. Yep. If you don't know what that is, if you're a newer listener or you need a refresher, just go to jasonhartman.com, use that handy dandy search bar we have there. Nobody else uses this. It's so fantastic. I mean, I learned a lot just listening to just that one podcast where you unpack it. Yeah, thank you. It's something it took me 19. I was 19 (laughs) years into my career before I discovered that. Mm. And uh, it's just been an amazing tool to invest better. So good land to improvement ratios do not exist in any of those markets I mentioned. Now, let's talk about the next market. That is where you live, and many of our investors have invested. And listen, I'll be the first to agree that just like New York, L.A., San Francisco, in many ways, Illinois, just like California and, you know, those those states also, and Chicago, the city, they're mismanaged. I mean, you know, they have financial problems, no question about it. California... After their three disastrous laws last year, they're on the verge. I'm telling you, this is coming. They're going to repeal or in some way 
attack Prop 13. They're already doing it on commercial real estate. So property taxes in California are going to be uh, released to increase dramatically. Yep. It's going to happen, folks. Get ready. Chicago's got these same issues, right? As all these yes. iconic places do. But Chicago, or Chicago, when I, and when I say that, I mean the greater, you know, Chicago large land. metro area, Chicago land, okay, has the same thing. But guess the thing that Chicago land is different. It is the only cheap, iconic city in America. It is the only one. It is totally unique in that concept. It's the only iconic American city with good LTI ratios, land to improvement ratios, with good cash flow, mm -hmm. with good RV ratios. Yes, I know. Property taxes are high there. They're not as bad as some places, but they're higher. They're certainly high in Texas and New Jersey, for God's sake. New Jersey, oh my God, that's oh. the worst of the worst. But Chicago is an iconic city, and it's the only one out of the 10 I saw in that video that, by the way, I agree with, that has inexpensive real estate that you can make sense out of. Thoughts? Yeah, I 100% agree, and I think Chicago, living here, it's sort of a, a great mixing. I'd say Chicago is half Indianapolis, and half New York. That's a great metaphor. Okay, half Indianapolis, which is, by the way, Indianapolis is my longest running market. <laughs> we have been yeah. in Indianapolis for longer than any other market. Still love it. I've purchased several properties there. India is just a great Midwestern type linear market. So Chicago, half Indianapolis and half New York City. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. You know, the downtown which we would never have clients buy there, is very high end. I mean, there's beautiful, you know, five, six million dollar condos on Michigan Avenue, beautiful developments, very high end retail. And then you go up the North Shore and, you know, these are median five hundred, six hundred thousand dollar homes. It's kind of like, you know, suburban New York and you, we would never buy there. But you go to the other part of the city and it's very much like Indianapolis. It's kind of working class. It's you know, nice bread and butter homes, nicely constructed, good jobs. Yes, a little bit higher taxes because the city, you know, there's a long history of politics and you know, there's a lot of social services. So the taxes are a little bit higher, but there are just so many jobs. And so it really is a market where you have to be specific and you have to have good people that understand the dynamics of it. And if you invest in the right areas, it is like investing in Indianapolis. Yeah. And I just want to say that at the moment, at the time of this recording, we are not recommending Chicago properties. Okay. Part of it is because we're being pitched all the time with people yep. that want us to sell their properties. We've got, you know, one person that we worked with in the past that, you know, we, we like pretty well. He runs a good business. You know, he's got like 300 and some odd properties and wants to peel off some of those and sell them and, and diversify his company's portfolio a bit and asked if we would sell them. You know, we said, we're just not interested right now. And we've had a couple of bad apples in Chicago land that we've worked with. You know, we've certainly had many of them in Kansas City. That city is, I don't know, <laughs> I, I, I'm just not a fan in <laughs> Kansas City. Yeah. For I mean, there are, there are good and bad people everywhere, obviously. Yeah. But for those investors 
who own properties in Chicago, and, you know, we haven't recommended it lately, but we may well be back recommending it in the future. You know, there's, well, there's a, a lot there's that's a, going there's for There's a it. lot of reasons that you have going for it. Now, one of the interesting things you said to me, and you are certainly don't strike me as any kind of liberal socialist, Evan, nope. <laughs> is, is you said that your former mayor, who was certainly famous during the Obama administration, Rahm Emanuel, who yeah. is a guy I always vilified, you said he was a really good mayor, huh? Yeah, he was. I mean, he was he's a Clintonian Democrat. I mean, he is very pro-business, or at least he was as mayor. Um, what he did was he really focused on bringing in businesses to Chicago. I think it was under him. It might have been under Mayor Daley that Boeing moved to Chicago. Boeing's having a hard time now. What's the big manufacturer that had been based in Peoria? Huge. They moved to downtown Chicago. He really pushed businesses to come here. He pushed higher-end restaurants. I mean, Chicago's now pretty much an extraordinary foodie destination. He really wanted Chicago to be a global cosmopolitan city, and he pushed for it. And he really also tried to improve the public schools. This is part of the challenge with Chicago is you get this image on the media of violence, and it's there. There's no question about it. It is, though, But there's, very there's tons of violence. In it. I mean, listen, I used to manage part-time a business that my mother owned when I was in high school. Oh, it yeah, was, the chicken place. It was a pioneer chicken franchise, <laughs> kind of like a KFC. In yeah. I mean, if you know if you know the area or just look it up on the map, I don't know what it's like now. It's probably terrible still. But it was on the corner of La Cienega and Rodeo Road, not to be confused with Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. <laughs> they called it Rodeo Road, okay, whatever, uh -huh. in Los Angeles. It was in a terrible area. And I remember one night, Evan, we closed the chicken store and, you know, I was maybe 17 years old, 16 years old at this time. And mm -hmm. I remember we had this great cook, one of the great cooks that we had that, you know, this terrible chicken franchise my mom owned. We drove him home and mm -hmm. I think we closed the store at like nine o'clock. And so it was about 930 by the time we drove him home in, in my mom's little crappy used Toyota. We went through this area that I will never forget how bad it was, how scary it was. Police mm. cars everywhere. There was never a cop alone. Every police car had two police officers in it. If you got out or if your car broke down, I think you would be seriously risking your life in that area yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah. Everybody remembers during the Rodney King riots, the Reginald Denny attack when they oh, you know, yeah. pulled him out of his truck and you know, hit him on the head with a brick and, you know, almost killed the guy. I mean, there are some really bad areas in New York, L.A. Every city has them. Certainly San Francisco. Oh, my God. San Francisco's gone down yeah. the tubes, you know, in, in many areas. So Chicago has that, too, right? Yeah, it does. It does. And I think this is getting into politics, but I think sometimes people pick on Chicago as sort of an exemplifying these, you know, bad liberal governance. And there is some truth to that because Chicago essentially... I don't think there's been a Republican elected to any office in the Chicago area for about 40 or 50 years. Yeah. I mean, it really is a that goes it, back to it sort of parallels know, the California vibe. <laughs> yeah. 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 The thing is, though, is that there is sort of this thing of Chicago Democrats. You know, they are a little bit more pro-business, at least historically. But one great thing that Rahm Emanuel did, well, two great things I think are good for you know, people who invest in Chicago are one, there's a big expansion going on of the airport. I mean, O'Hare Airport is a jewel. Yes, there's always delays because of the weather, but it is one of the largest airports in the world. And so it has lots and lots of jobs, lots of industry right around it. And then, of course, there's the Obama Library. 
And the Obama library is going to be a huge, I mean, this is tons of jobs, tons of activities. I saw an article about the Obama library and how significant that is for the the business climate in the area. And I'm no Obama fan, folks. I I think you probably all know that. (laughs) But it's good. I mean, and where the Obama library is, is actually very well situated for the part of Chicago that's like Indianapolis. You know, it's on the sort of towards the south side. And probably 15 to 20 minute drive from a lot of the Chicagoland areas where people have invested. So it's very good. And in general, public schools are getting better very slowly, but surely they are getting better. So for all the problems with taxes, there are a lot of good things happening in Chicago. And as we talked about at the beginning of the show, there's a pendulum, you know, and and I think the pendulum is swinging in a little bit more positive direction. Yeah. And, you know, just to be clear, I don't love Chicago. Okay. I think the, come on. No. Yeah. Sorry. I know. Are you a native? Did you grow up there? No, Milwaukee, but my family is all native. Okay. Got it. So there, so yeah. Yeah. How long have you lived in Chicago? Now I've lived here 15 years. Okay, good. So I'm not like any big giant promoter of it. I think most of the action for real estate investors is in the Southeast, in the warmer areas. You know, there's a few exceptions. Certainly we love Indianapolis. That's been a great market for our clients. And, you know, our clients have made a ton of money there. But I think most of the actions in the in the warmer climates yep. south, okay, I think everybody listening would certainly agree. But I just want to point out some of the really good things. Chicago is very unique in the sense that it's actually a left-wing place <laughs> that kind of works, and it's the only cheap, iconic American city, okay? So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to balance out some of this stuff. That That's all... I'm doing by having this discussion. And Jason, you've talked about the power of inertia too. Mm-hmm. And the fact, you know, that sometimes we just let our real estate sit in over time. And I think Chicago kind of benefits from the power of inertia. It has been one of the great American cities for over a hundred years. Even if they're higher taxes, it's going to persist in that way. There's so many things that are just irreplaceable about the city yeah. and that, that will continue. Good stuff. Okay. Let's switch gears and wrap it up with a little talk about another market. Well, a market we like more. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a market that we've been recommending for many, many years. And it's just one of these markets. It's like a machine. It's certainly not without its problems. We've had some good and some bad providers in this market. We've shuffled recommendations around to recommend our clients to the best providers. And, you know, I own properties here as well. Of course, uh, Memphis. Tell us your thoughts on Memphis. We were having a discussion about it recently. And, you know, I've said enough about it. I'd rather you as a client talk about it, Evan. I love Memphis. As a client, I think it's just fantastic, mainly because of jobs. And FedEx really dominates or it's a big part of the city. There's also, I have a member of my congregation. He was telling me his son uh, moved to Memphis. I, I was so, I, my ears perked up immediately. I said, oh, what, what brought him there? And uh, he works for AutoZone, which is centered there. Uh, and this is a kid who grew up in Chicago, went to college on the East Coast, and he's living in Memphis. So mm-hmm. I think there is a lot of good stuff happening for Memphis. And I think really it's centered on jobs. FedEx has probably benefited from tariffs, right? There's more things happening inside. There's more good, solid blue collar jobs. And Memphis has some great attributes that are irreplaceable. It's location on the river. It's a transportation hub. In fact, I just read a recent article in the Wall Street Journal that FedEx has so much need for jobs that it is actually sends a bus to the Mississippi Delta two hours away 
to bring in workers for all its three shifts. So there really is just incredible job security there. And yes, it'll have its ups and downs. You got to be very neighborhood centric. That's why it's critical to work with uh, an investment counselor and with a good provider that's been vetted because Memphis does have certain areas that you wouldn't want to invest in. But with the right provider and right counseling, it's fantastic. And it has some appreciation over the last few years. Yeah. And of course, really good cash flow. So go to jasonhartman.com, talk to your investment counselor, 1-800-HARTMAN. You can reach them on the phone and talk about Memphis or any of our other markets, Indianapolis. We can commiserate over Chicago. If you really want to buy in Chicago, we can refer you to people, but we're not actively marketing Chicago at the moment. One of the things I, I want to share is that I read a great book that you know many years ago, I want to say I read this book in about 1989. And I have not had this guest on the show. I got to request him again. But Paul Zane Pilzer, he's written several books. I used to love his books. And this book was called Unlimited Wealth, Unlimited Wealth, The Theory and Practice of Economic Alchemy. And I remember, I don't know if he said it in this book or not, but that was a really good book. But, you know, you can tell that thoughts are brilliant when they last. Here I'm talking about this book from 1989, and it's Mm -hmm. 2020. (laughs) Okay. And one of the things he predicted, I'm not sure he predicted in the book or in some other writing of his or interview I heard, but he said that the two biggest industries of the future, and not necessarily in order, Okay, but the two biggest industries will be adult education and shipping or logistics. I can't remember how he said it, meaning that companies like FedEx, UPS are going to just explode. Now, he said this before the Internet was public. Okay, he said that when the Internet was a military application that nobody ever talked about. Okay, and look at how true both of those predictions have been of his. Right. I mean, adult Mm -hmm. education. That's what we're doing right now. Okay. I mean, yes, there's a few kids listening to us, but it's mostly adults in 189 countries. Well, my uh, kids, my 12 year old listens. (laughs) The question is, does your hedgehog listen? (laughs) I I will check it out. I'm going to play it for him uh, uh, later today. Check out the episode I did where Evan talked about his pet hedgehog, and we we made the metaphor to real estate investing. I thought that was pretty pretty creative. Um, and uh, and Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. Yes. Uh, so shipping and logistics. You know, mm. Memphis is, I think, the logistics capital of the United States. And of course, we have the biggest consumer market on planet Earth here. And look at what you've got in Memphis. You've got all of those FedEx jobs. It's pretty amazing as a market, pretty dynamic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of our local market specialists, Evan, said that they love Memphis because everybody works for FedEx, makes 40 grand a year and rents. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's great. I mean, and it's a unique city in that way. And there's some history to it, too. You know, I think you said on another podcast that there is also some potential. Now, we, of course, appreciation, as you always say, is the icing on the cake. Yeah. But there is. Right. Yeah. But there is some potential. I think you said, you know, Memphis could become kind of like Atlanta in that there's growth and there's industry and it's very favorable tax law. There's there's no state income tax in Tennessee. So there are a lot of good things that will bring 
more and more people to Memphis. Yeah, I agree. Good stuff. Well, hey, thanks for joining me today. Any comment you want to make to wrap it up on anything? Well, no, I think the one comment is just this is such an exciting time. This is a new decade. I mean, think 10 years from now. Do we want to participate in the growth of our economy? Think 10 years from now. Do you want to own homes in Memphis? Do you want to own homes in Atlanta or in other markets where there's great possibility? I think this is such a great time to be reflective. So take that deeper perspective and ask yourself and then act, of course, which makes all the difference. Excellent. Well said. Go visit us at jasonhartman.com or call us at 1-800-HARTMAN. And until tomorrow, happy investing. Thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. Be sure to check out the show's specific website and our general website, hartmanmedia.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Remember that guest opinions are their own. And if you require specific legal or tax advice or advice in any other specialized area, please consult an appropriate professional. And we also very much appreciate you reviewing the show. Please go Go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever platform you're using and write a review for the show. We would very much appreciate that. And be sure to make it official and subscribe so you do not miss any episodes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.